Hi, Grace. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to keep my hand still. I'm on my phone. You're doing. Uh, you're doing amazing. Doing amazing. I'm just so barely amazing. breathing. <laughs> Everyone's like, Rachel looks so calm on this on this episode. <laughs> this is how I force you myself to stop making nice, so many movements. Like, close up here. Um, mm-hmm. Where are you dialing in from, Rachel? Because that's been an interesting difference every episode. <laughs> I am in Lake Atitlan in Guatemala today. And how, I hate to say it, and I think, oh, maybe we didn't, maybe this is the episode that we didn't go live. And we, I would say we talk about the weather all the time. And that's what oh, we're yeah. TikTok. But what's the weather like there? It's absolutely glorious. It's like 70s, 80s during the day. Today's a sunny, clear day. And I take offense at people who don't like talking about the weather because it <laughs> controls my entire mood. So I think it's a perfectly valid topic of conversation. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was my rebuttal. <laughs> side part and I'm talking about the weather. So thank you for awesome. asking Grace about the weather. <laughs> it is. Well, we're in New, in New York. It's kind of kooky right now. Like this weather, it's windy. It's gloomy. It reminds me very much of, um, uh, Oh God, what's that book where um, wild nights are my glory? They go into different dimensions. Um, a little girl and her brother and the three. The oh, three Narnia? No. Um, Oprah was in the movie. Uh, it sounds like something I'd be into. I'm going to. You're going to have to put this in the show notes, Grace. <laughs> What is that called? Mrs. And that's who, what the weather is like? Mrs. Who, Mrs. What's It? Absolutely zero reference for me. Okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a relatively quick one today. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to intro us in? Yeah, sure. So this question came into my inbox. Um, it wasn't phrased as a question because of the way that I actually asked the prompt. But this person said, my co-founder hates me. That's the drama that we're working with today. My co-founder hates me. Ouch. <laughs> Hi, drama. Hi. Hi, yeah. drama. I mean, I, I'm going to let, let me quote the kids again. It's giving, it's giving <laughs> victim. It's giving victim. It's a powerless statement. Yeah. I, it's a powerless statement to say, um, my co-founder hates me. It's kind of like saying, this is happening to me. Yeah. And I have no responsibility, no control. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I would just give as an offer a way to phrase that with more agency might be to firstly be a little bit less global and a little bit more specific about what the breakdown is in the relationship with your co-founder because you probably have an idea. And then put it from from your point of view and take ownership of what you can. Um, And this co-founder might be the worst person ever. I don't know. I haven't met them, but to have a sense of agency and power in this, it might sound like I'm really struggling to get on the same page with my co-founder. I have a totally different vision for my co-founder and we just can't communicate, for example, right? That gives you a little bit more to work with in the situation. We're not saying I die. Yeah. I would say, um, I would say three things off the bat. Okay. Well, if you became a co-founder to be liked, mm. you're in the wrong business, my friend. 
being the boss is a bitch. Yeah. People are not going to like you. Mm-hmm. Just by nature of what you're doing. Um, so that sucks. And if that's important to you, then I don't know. CTO? People seem to love CTOs. <laughs> they love CTOs. People are like, I don't understand this magic. Please help right. us. <laughs> we need you. Really, we, we don't speak the language. Thank God. Um, I would also say as a co-founder, sort of the level of ownership you're working with. And, and you know, Rachel, you and I had a really interesting conversation when we were talking about framing this um, this episode. Because I wanted to push this back to be a little more general and say, like, my manager hates me or my teammate hates me. But you made such a good point, which is when you're at this executive level, and and you could think of this as like an executive team or, um, you know, if you're not a startup, you have a different level of ownership and you have a different level of like emotional maturity you're going to have to bring to this. And so... I would also say as a co-founder of a business, you do not have the luxury of playing victim. Yeah. You don't have the luxury of having this powerless statement. Additionally, I would also say, okay, so this person hates you. So what? You know, like there's actually liking you as a person is helpful, makes work Mm. nicer. But you, you, what you really need is respect. And I think a lot of times we conflate the two. And this person may not like you. Your personality may not be interesting to them. Or, you know, whatever it is. They may not like to hear you when you talk. But if you are doing the job that you signed up for, that you all agreed to, they're going to respect you. And you're going to have a different experience. And from the way you're phrasing this, it, I get the feeling that you are not doing that. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous perspective to have just because, Grace, I think you mentioned this in our failed recording of this episode. The more that you expect someone to hate you and right, hate is a big umbrella term. Like that could very easily include they also don't respect you. And I have a little bit more context in the situation. And I suspect that that is how the person asking the question feels also disrespected. Um, So, but the more that you anticipate that from this other person, the more that like sometimes our minds can kind of drag us into these tricky scenarios where we almost subconsciously solicit uh, situations that have our expectations be met, right? It's a classic psychological thing that happens. I wouldn't even Um, say almost, I would say without fail. Yeah, right. fail. Right, which will just lead you into more tension and conflict in this dynamic, right? So um, what what do you say if this person also feels a lack of respect with this co-founder? Because in that case, it's like, yeah, it's one thing to not like each other. It's quite another, especially um, in a relationship between co-founders, which is like a marriage and is highly influential over the success of the business. Then, like, then what do you advise? So excuse me, I would think about how I want to phrase this. It's it's interesting too, right? Because this isn't someone who just answered a job application and showed up and did well and like, you know, signed a form and got hired. When you were a co-founder, there's often legal 
things you're starting to tie yourself into. Um, so you didn't get here by accident and you yourself had to have, and I hope you did. And if you didn't, then you're running into some issues here. You yourself had to have put a lot of thought into why you're here. Is this, is this a marriage I want to get into? Is this a bet I want to get into for a couple of years? Like, is this a business I can sacrifice for? Um, so if all that is true, right, and you put all that thought in, and now you have found yourself in a situation, and you're not being respected, I would get really clear on why you're there. So to me, from this question, or sorry, from the way you're, you're phrasing this, like this work stressor, doesn't say, to me, it's, it sounds like that's the most important thing to you, <clears throat> being liked or respected by this, this person. Mm. It, you know, and really getting into these kind of roles, like the business should be the most important because people are going to come and go. People, you know, people move. So if you're finding yourself in this situation not respected, I think you have to take responsibility and take some ownership for that and figure out why am I here? Okay, am I here because I want to build this kind of a business in a different way in five years and so I'm learning? Am I here for the network? Am I here for... Um, they got featured in Forbes right before I came and I really dream of having that kind of attention. Am I here? Like what, what, get really brutally clear with yourself about why you're here. And then you can figure out how to go forward because if you're in a situation where, you know, the business is so interesting to you and you really, you really want to like build something and it's going to mean something for you in the future, then you can start to shape your own experience now around what's important to you about that. But if you've just kind of let yourself fall here and be here for whatever reason and see what comes, then you're not going to be able to move on from this. Yeah. Basically, is there a clear why for being here or not that is beyond the relationship that you have with your co-founder? Because sometimes I think people do get into relationships, do get into companies or start businesses because they have such a strong uh, creative connection with someone that they've met professionally, right? And it is about the relationships. But in this case, is there another clear why that would keep you there? And if so, then that would point to it being worth your while to take a little bit more ownership of the situation. I hear something slightly different when I hear the question. It feels painful to me. And I do think that um, there's a lot of things that can be salvaged. Being liked is absolutely not the most important thing, but being respected and being able to work together, if you don't have that, in my mind, that's a deal breaker. So you know, possibly it's not something that can be worked out. If the respect is there and the why is there, then it's worth taking some ownership. And I actually have a little tip on how you might do that, right? Grace, we talked about this in the last episode, but if you are finding yourself really caught up as this person, you know, seems to be, at least in the moment that they submitted this (laughs) work stress, um, it can help to try to step out of your own perspective. And so one way you might do that is to actually look at the relationship between you and your co-founder as if you are the business itself and to try to take on the POV of your business as a third entity, as a third entity exercise and see what does the business know (laughs) about this relationship and what would the business want us to do if it saw us behaving the way that we're behaving, right? And kind of like role play. out of it. 
Exactly. Kind of role play as this thing that you potentially really care about and that would be a more neutral third party to the relationship. Oh, I really like that. Is that something that you, do you ever talk people through that? I have done so occasionally. I learned about it from another coach uh, inside my coaching network, but I have done it on a couple of occasions. And it's, you know, every now and then you do have to you do have to guide people back to like taking the actual trying to trying to earnestly take a third party perspective. And so it can be useful to do some like breath exercises or something first to get yourself into a calmer state, because I do find that when people are triggered, they want to be like, well, the business would say they're a jerk. The business is saying this. Yeah. Affirm. Um, well, to that, I mean, to that point, I would also say, if you want to find a solve for this, and I find this in so many points of business, you're going to have to do things that feel like overkill to you. Like mm. you just sit down and have a 30 minute, you know, whatever visualization on you being the business and you take notes, you're going to pull out of that. Or you're going to have to have a conversation with this person and say, listen, I feel like we are not on the right track. And here's what's important to me. And here's what I think is important to you. And here's what I, what, from my perspective, the business needs, how can we get on the same page? Mm. Yeah. Right. That's really assuming the best in the other person. I think if you're able to do that. I don't. Sure. Well, it depends on how you go into it. If you go into it thinking this is going to solve everything and I'm going to, I'm going to get heard. And this person's going to finally see me for what I'm doing. But if you go into it as an information exercise to bring back and incorporate into your own work, then you have a little bit more, the, the conversation can go a bunch of different ways and all can still be successful. So if that person is saying, you know, like, give me, give, give me a, give me a way this could go where the person's not getting their best back. If I'm the co-founder? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's say there's tension over the way that you showed up in a meeting or you show up in meetings. I could be totally closed down. I could have my arms folded. I could be sort of stonewalling you in the conversation and not willing to even participate with you mm. in the dialogue. I mean, if that's the case, like if you go to sit down, I'm the, I'm the person who wrote in, you're the co-founder. I come to sit down with you to try and get on the same page. And, and, and actually, right, you have to actually do it. You have to actually put your shit aside for the minute mm-hmm. and your ego aside for the minute and say, can we try, take two steps today to get on the same page? We're not going to solve everything. And yeah. you're sitting there with your arms crossed, face closed off, not looking at me. Or, or not interacting with me, not giving me anything, then I have a lot of information about how productive this relationship is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agreed. I think it, you know, my co-founder hates me. It's like, yeah, certainly that is a little bit of a powerless statement. And it could be, it could be true that this co-founder is going to make it really difficult to resolve the issues between them, right? So even if you do take agency, you control half the relationship. And that matters, right? Like you're half the dance. If you change your steps, it changes the whole dance. And 
it still doesn't ultimately control or change the other person. And so it brings me back to what you were saying earlier, Grace, about how something about considering this relationship and what you're committing to before you get into it, right? It's not a lighthearted commitment to start a company or to go in on a, like a co-founder level of commitment with someone. It's something that requires a lot of discernment and trust, ideally. And actually, there's an interesting piece here where because I know this individual, I happen to know it's not the first time that they have experienced this feeling of being disliked by mm-hmm. powerful people or people who are important to their success uh, at a company. And so then it's actually like, okay, the discernment piece, yeah, you could really look into that. But from a psychological perspective, I'd be curious to know what this relationship dynamic reminds you of, because most likely there's some kind of roots in your childhood where you first started to experience feeling um, like you were some kind of villain, right? This person feels a little bit villainized in the situation, I think. And so that to me points to a potential a wound that you could also work on healing if you want to stop playing this pattern out. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one to to leave people with as like, hey, by the way, you might have some deep childhood wounds. Good luck. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> a little love. Um, so, although I would, what I want to pull out from what you said that I think is interesting, in addition to sort of the healing piece, which is um, also really interesting. And I actually was thinking, I think this was an episode we didn't record. Like, it'd be really cool to do. Um, a bonus episode where we do a breath work or a little meditation on what to do if you're getting really triggered before you go into like a work conversation. Cool. Um, but this person feels this way from people they perceive to be in power and to have some influence over their career. Is that what I heard correctly? People who are, uh, yeah, it's not so much about a power dynamic as it is just like, yeah, they're people who are influential or who are important often. I think a lot of times I say this from someone who very much did this um, for a lot of my career. When someone, we feel like someone has influence over our career and power dynamics, give or take. I think we all talk about these things differently, but um, we kind of put them on a pedestal in which Mm. they have more information than us and they have more control than us and they have more ability to persuade people and move things and get the answers and all of that. And that is almost never the case. Mm. It's almost never the case. And so I would just be mindful of how we're thinking about when we perceive someone to have more influence, how we're thinking about that in relation to ourselves, because you create that powerlessness, your dynamic yourself without the other person ever having to do anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Sometimes it's unconscious as well. Oh, oh, oh I'd say most of the time it's unconscious. A per- so this is your boss. Great. My boss has the answers. Uh, something's not working out for me. My boss has the answers and he's not giving them to me. But, yeah. I'll just say that again. So I think what it comes down to again is like, do you come at relationships in the workplace, possibly in general, from a place of agency or from a place of powerlessness? I think it's really all too easy to think this person is this way or this person thinks this of me and therefore we we're stuck right there's nothing I can do because we can't change other people but actually 
you do have agency in any relational dynamic. And so what the specific dynamic is really depends. How you go about working on that really depends. There's the easy and obvious way, which is to have a conversation. And then there's a slightly more um, advanced way of looking at how does this pattern show up across my relationships? Is this something that I've seen or experienced before? In which case, there might be some deeper underpinnings that you want to look at and work on. Yeah. And I think, I think, that can take us to like how we leave this. And I think there's, I, there's absolutely hope for this person and for this situation and for anyone in a similar situation. I do wanna ask you, okay, when you don't like people at work, when you've been in larger companies and you don't like people, what give me, I, I have a really quick reason for that. And I also have a quick reason why I'm not liked. So, you know, we, we all have these patterns, right? Do you have a reason why you don't like people? Uh, let me think. I'm trying to think of the last person I disliked at work. I've gotten in like little things with people at work, but I can't think of anyone I've ever actively disliked. Oh, really? Isn't that strange? I'm really surprised to hear that from myself. I can't think of someone that was like, I really hate that person. I can't. <laughs> You're an exemplary human. I don't know what to do with that information. I've definitely had conflict. I've definitely had conflict um, and I've definitely had challenges with people, yeah. but it was never like, I just can't stand them, which is really kind of shocking to me in retrospect. I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> okay. Well, that was less helpful. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Grace, you're on your own. I guess work with Rachel is the answer. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say for me, it's, it's when I find people lazy. I can uh -huh. do almost anything. I cannot deal with lazy. Yeah. I cannot deal with lazy. Um, and, and alternatively, I would say when I have found myself disliked at work, um, it's because I am over involved in other people's mm -hmm. shit. You're like or, the complete opposite of lazy. You're like, let me fix this for you. <laughs> They're like, this is my desk. Can you stop cleaning it? <laughs> Um, I, yeah, so, so, but what that says to me is like, it's all about how you come at work. Like this isn't a friend group. We're not having, people don't necessarily start out at work having all this like petty shit that they want to take out on other people. It's like you start out with different kind of boundaries. And so you need someone, I need you to be in this box and I need you to perform in this way. And personal stuff starts to come in when, when I think those expectations are not met. Mm. And so I think this person could really benefit from zeroing back in on what those original expectations might've been and seeing how far they may have veered from that. Yeah. Right on. And if that, if that why for you being there isn't really there, or you do take pains to rise above the situation and problem solve with your co-founder and they aren't budging then, you know, this is the kind of thing that is significant. Co-founder relationships are really important and you don't want to be on like real housewives of Silicon Valley, <laughs> hating each other's guts and unable to build something. So, you know, it's always also okay to walk away, right? And to focus instead on getting it right in the next situation. 
Oh, 1000%. And I'll add, I also think these make great stories. Mm-hmm. These make yeah. amazing, helpful, useful, um, productive stories for yourself as you, if, yep. if you can take your ego out of it. Yeah, totally. I don't think you get in a situation with this one, like this one though, without also having the opportunity to heal something and look at something inside yourself. Cause it sounds like a pretty triggering situation just based on the way that the question was phrased. So there's definitely a story to tell and there's probably an opportunity to look at something that's coming to light. Yeah. Maybe we can deal with that in another episode. Well, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll heal. Um... <laughs> we'll have a healing episode. <laughs> Um, okay. Any, any, did we wrap that up? You wrapped it up. Ah, I kind of just jumped on. I think we're wrapped. Yeah, we're good. Thank you so much to this person for sending this in. We hope this gets better. We hope this is helpful. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Rachel. Thanks guys.